0: There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses.
1: Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not gonna
0: stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally we don't drink on queer money, but because (laughs) we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla
2: on, Grab a glass of wine, because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt-Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. Um, so we're the Debt-Free Guys. David Ray is joining us. Uh, we're uh, This is our second iteration of Queer Money. And um, we're going about it a bit different. Uh, we are hoping to have, uh, since we do think that investing is very key to a sound financial plan, Um, and uh, even though we are in the investing world, we don't actually deal with investments on a day-to-day basis, so we've invited David Ray to join us um, for today's talk, and uh, we're going to have him come back regularly, um, maybe monthly, every few weeks or so, to talk uh, more about the specific, the uh, sides of investing, as opposed to just uh, general personal finance. So welcome, David. Thank you happy. for having me. Absolutely. Glad to be back. Happy yeah. Pride. Thank you, you too. <laughs> Thank you, too. So, on uh, this show, we're talking about gay pride and financial prejudice. I tried to uh, merge pride with um, pride and prejudice, so <laughs> I don't know how creative I was. But, um, you know, there seems to be, at, at least in our community, uh, uh, in Denver, there seems to be uh, a lot of concern about outward appearances, looking physically beautiful, having great clothing, having a great house and cars, and all that stuff. But we also wonder sometimes like what's below the surface and how how are people managing their finances um, you know one of the disparities that David and I recognize is that you know the queer community is pretty inclusive we've become we're, we're an open family I think you know we kind of built our own family together in many cases and you know so we have people who are doctors and lawyers and um, uh, you know, you know, high-end professionals who are hanging out with people who work in retail, uh, who work in restaurants, um, and not that there's anything wrong with the career path that people choose, but they're all hanging out together, doing the same things, traveling at the same time together, buying the same clothing, and the disparities, you know, kind of there, right? Yeah. You know, so how do you um, how do you how do you reconcile that? So we wonder how are people spending their money. And are they spending it wisely relative to you know what their income is and all that? All right. I think one of the things we, we talked about in, in the first iteration of queer money was this
0: overspending to overcompensate idea. And uh, and it, I, I know personally, uh, when I look back on my spending habits, when we were getting into debt and even slo- shortly after we realized that we needed to get out of debt, we really kind of at, at first didn't, take a, a really good look at what was causing our spending. And looking back on it now, I know, if you know, hindsight is 2020. looking back yeah. on it, I know that there were times when I would buy certain things, go out to certain places just to be seen and to give the impression that I was a particular person. You know? And yeah. I, I know that, uh, you know, look back on my upbringing and just the, the kind of family that I had um, that – I felt like I needed to move when I moved from my family into the into my my queer family into the gay community. Um, I felt like I needed to fit in. And Absolutely, that's, I think there is a lot of that. I mean, you do have the people wanting to present a certain way, I and mean, then you sometimes, John, you
1: brought up a good point. Sometimes you're not even you know trying to overcompensate. You're just friends with people who aren't blinking an eye or for their, their perspective, they're booking the cheap hotel on that trip and you're still going, oh my god, that's uh, more than I can afford, it's going on my credit card. <laughs> right. So it's not necessarily just the overcompensation, it's just sometimes, it, it, in, a lot of times you talk about keeping up with the Joneses or trying to compete with people and sometimes it's just hanging out with your friends. I mean, you go out to the gay bar and have drinks, all of a sudden you spent $200 on drinks very quickly. Maybe I, I my money does go a lot farther than bars than you can buy me drinks, but uh, compared to here, but you're still spending a lot of money. So it's not just the overcompensation. I, I do think, though, you do see that a lot in the gay community. You do see a lot of 22 you know, year olds working retail, driving you know 7 Series BMWs for $1,200 a month, and uh, or cars cost more than their rent uh, to each their own. But if it's if it means you can't pay your bills, it's a different conversation. Right. You know, no one wants to be in debt. No one wants to just be a shell of looking good. I mean, we want to look good, but you want to. Be good <laughs> yeah absolutely be good uh, on, on paper as well, and I think it's sometimes you guys probably went through this when you guys were probably paying off your debt. You probably were getting in better financial shape, but you outwardly you probably looked worse off because you're like, "Oh my God, we're not gonna, we can't afford this, we're not spending this." And it sounds yeah. like you're not as successful or doing as well, but actually, you're getting in better financial shape.
2: Yeah, yeah. When we, um, we 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 changed our lives drastically when we finally realized that we were financial nightmares. We're like, "This has to change. Stop <laughs> immediately." And we went from spending, you know, you know, it wasn't you know out of the realm of possibility. We'd spend several hundred dollars, if not a thousand dollars, on a weekend. With nothing really to show for it, and then we went and we restricted ourselves to spending no more than a hundred dollars a weekend, and that became really hard for us. But in hindsight, congrats on doing that. Um, And (laughs)
1: and the good side is you'll probably look better too. The less you drink, probably the less you have to work out. (laughs) Well, we discovered
2: boxed wine. uh, So I don't know if you looked. To use their own, how you get there (laughs) to save the money. (laughs) But you know. David talked about hindsight being 2020. I was on a podcast of Emma Johnson several months ago, and she asked, you know, why would, having been in finance for so many years um, and having, you know, well educated and all that kind of stuff, why were we living contrary to what our bank account said we, you know, contrary to what our bank account said we could? And after having discussed with David and thought, thinking about a lot, we, I, I think for me anyway, um, you know, we were trying to overcompensate for maybe not having the, the the up the upbringing or the childhood that you know we would have wanted you know i I think about you have um, you know straight people start dating in middle school and high school right Dang. and when we were growing up uh, it wasn't okay to be gay and we didn't really start dating anybody or anybody that we really wanted to date um, when we were in high school right. um, and even in college for in some cases that didn't really start to happen so you know we we kind of came out when we were in our mid-twenties and thirties and that was about when we started earning more money than we'd ever earned before and that kind of you know that kind of coalesced into like this 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 financial nightmare that we kind of created for ourselves so we were getting these fat fat paychecks relative to what we were doing when we were younger and all of a sudden going out to the clubs and we could afford we thought we could afford much more than we actually could so you know i wonder does that you know that was about ten years ago i wonder does that still happen today? Do we think? Do you, do we I still- think a lot of people that still happens. I mean, it definitely in the gay community, I think
1: specifically because we are running behind. But I think it's very easy too for anyone just coming out of college and all of a sudden you're on your own for your first time. I think for us in the gay community, it is a bigger eye-opening experience because you know you probably were partying if you're straight and you're like, ooh I'm meeting girls. But for us in the gay community, this is our first time quite often meeting other men or really having the opportunity, we're walking in, you might have gone to the party, there may have been another gay kid at high school for some of the younger generations, but like, there's that one
0: kid! <laughs>
1: if it doesn't work for you, good luck! for <laughs> now, I mean, it is amazing to go into the big city and, you know, we're we're not 22 anymore, but it's still, still fun to go out and you know, be around people and be at different events and things and it is very easy to go overboard and clothes and going out and drinking and travel and all those fun things that yeah, there's a gay trip every weekend. If you really want to blow your budget, you could be somewhere somewhere every weekend.
2: Yeah, we'd look at some of our friends on Facebook, and I'm like, I don't know how they can afford all of this travel. I mean, it's, the disparity is just mind-boggling. Yeah. So is it is it uh, do we suspect then that they are in that space where we were 10 years ago? Where we were just ignoring that. Well, I think that there's a, a very strong, and this is a cultural thing
0: in the United States, yeah. a very strong cultural need or um, uh, maybe even a a cultural suppression for us to appear successful. So whether you're a gay person just getting out of college or a gay person who's in their mid mid to late 30s or in your 50s, or if you're a, a single person who is just getting out of college and you're straight, or you have a family, no matter what stage you're at in your life, you look at what's on TV, you look at what you see in... In online content, you look at what your family members are doing or friends are doing. There's a strong need to tell other people that I am a success, and I think that comes from inside. You know, everyone everyone wants that validation of I am a success. Um, but I think for our culture especially, the way that we display success is outwardly. We have nice cars, we have nice homes, we have we're changing up. We're always up, spiraling up, yeah. whether it's our cars spiraling up, our homes are spiraling up, our relationships yeah. are spiraling up. And I don't think that there's any, uh, it's any different for us as gay people. I actually think sometimes it may, there may be, like John was saying, we didn't grow up with maybe some of the abilities to display our success in who we actually were as people in our high school years or college years, so maybe even a little bit more. And then like you said, John, the first time you get that paycheck, yeah, that first paycheck that comes and you go from not making any money to all of a sudden now you're making, you know, maybe Liberty. two or two or three thousand dollars
2: per paycheck and it's like, woohoo, I have a lot of money. Yeah. Do you, David, do you have clients, right? Do you yeah. when you talk to your clients, do they, do they, do they get, you know, the disparity between, you know, what they make and what they're spending? I
1: think because I work with, you know, I do talk to a lot of people and a lot of people have no clue. Um, For my actual clients, because I probably deal with people who are maybe a little better with their money, a little more successful than the average person just of who I happen to be lucky enough to work with, Mm -hmm. they're getting that, but a lot of times they don't really know. You'll say, I need a new car and, you know, their three-year-old BMW is now... (laughs) last season and you don't need a new one unless you know your lease is up which I'm a big fan of owning your car and driving it for the long term I own my car it's paid off all that good stuff and I want to drive it it's forever (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's a nice car don't get me wrong but you know they're they're all I need a new couch well why do you need a new couch did something happen to your old one (laughs) Uh, you know I need a new outfit I need to go shopping I'm like we just talked last week and you were shopping you still do that stuff and a lot of them have the money to do it I don't really care where you spend your money, as long as you're on track for your financial goals, if you are saving for, you know, you have your emergency fund, you have money going for retirement, if your goal is to buy a house, you're getting on track for the down payment in a time frame. The rest is yours to blow wherever you want. If you want to buy the most expensive, you know, gold-plated toilets, like in the Donald Trump,
2: <laughs> uh, we
1: probably won't be my client, but good for you. You're welcome to go blow your money that way. So, you know, I don't care where you spend your money, as long as you're on track with it, because I do care, you know, Food, if it's going on your credit card and sitting there, we're going to have to talk about your food budget. If you're not, you know, that's usually not the first place to cut because I think you skip the grocery store. All of a sudden, you're, you eat out more and you end up spending more money and you gain weight, which is not what we want to do. <laughs> but I do see it pretty regularly. I have a pretty wide social network, especially with Facebook. You can see that. And I know certain people. I'm like, again, how, there's no way they need to be in first class on that flight or that there's no way they can afford it. You know, you'll have certain friends who drive nice cars, you know, $100,000 plus cars, but they don't have furniture, and uh, to each their own, if uh, some of us like to sleep on the floor, I guess, I prefer to have a mattress at the very least, I think that's uh, that's an important thing, but you know, to everyone, they have their own choices, and I think you, you can make travel work, I have a couple of travel writer friends who, again, speaking of traveling around the world, I mean, it's like three, four months on the road, and first class, and they're in the, you know, the Middle Eastern airline with the, the apartment and you know that they're using miles and points or getting yeah. paid to de- apply that. So you know teach their own, I think. But we do try and present a lot more, and it and it continues ongoing too. Because sometimes you grow out of it, but I still have people that are in their 50s that are living like those 22-year-olds we were talking about a little earlier. You know, whatever comes in, it just goes back out. And you're successful because, I mean, you, you don't really walk around and show your 401k statement or your bank account or no one really knows how much equity you have in your house necessarily unless they ask or tell you or, you know, at the bar, you don't see if someone owns their house or if that car is leased or paid off or what. So some of the things that make you look more successful probably really aren't good for your financials. Well, and so that
2: brings me to a point that Dave and I have done some surveys and polling you know on Deafryguys.com, and by and large, the two main issues that come up for the queer community is that they're concerned about their retirement; they don't have enough saved for retirement, yeah. and they have they have too much debt. They want to pay off their debt, yeah. which probably isn't completely you know opposite from what the straight community is dealing with, yeah. but you know we're we're more concerned about the queer community, and so I wonder. If they know that having no debt and having a fat savings account is important, but they're spending otherwise, wonder what the rationale is behind that and how we can you know, kind of peel back that onion and, and help them live more authentically to what apparently their concerns are. But I, actually, maybe this might help. I have a question for you, David, because you
0: work with a Absolutely. lot of individuals who are on track financially. They're, they're investing, they're saving for retirement do you see some habits in their lives that you don't see in the general population that you may consider to be the ones that we're really kind of focusing on individuals who are have a lot of debt, who aren't saving enough for retirement. Um, what kind of habits do you do you see that are different between the two? There are a million habits,
1: but I'll try and give you a few. I talk a lot about this on my blog as well, FinancialPlannerLA.com, and I think they, they make the steps to actually do things to reach their financial goals. You know, people are concerned about retirement, but you know, half of people aren't even saving anything, let alone mm-hmm. enough. You know, there's they're, you start early, you make things automatic. I think the more it's just you know, if you have that 401k and a little money goes out of your paycheck every every paycheck and goes into the 401k, you don't even miss it. You're not going to go spend it, and you might realize that oh my god, I'm spending every penny I make a little faster because but the money's already been saved. Where as I'll have a lot of people come sit down with me, their new clients, and they'll be like, I'm saving a thousand dollars a month and they have, you know, I've been doing it for a year and there's like five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars in their savings account. Well, it needs to stay in there. <laughs> you know, it's it's not the just putting it in, it's not just putting it in the savings account, it's the keeping it there. It's like great, great job. Uh, but you know, I think they do get out of some of the habits of the traps that you guys have talked about of just really trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, I think there are some. There's a really great book called The Millionaire Next Door mm-hmm. that I really like, and it's just that it's the person. The average millionaire isn't a Kardashian or a pro baseball player, pro basketball player. It's someone who just saves some money for a good amount of time, and they it accumulates, and they do smart things with it. So some of the choices of you know you can drive the luxury car, but you know maybe drive it, own it, and drive it a little longer. You can buy the nice clothes, just be selective about it and you can take those trips, you know, you have to pay for them in advance. You know, don't put them on the credit card because I think where you guys probably found too. Once, just a little bit, you got a little behind and a little bigger behind and all of a sudden, there's interest on that that is, You know, two vacations a year is just going to pay the interest on that debt, let alone getting anything new. So, there there are a lot of habits, and I think you know, just getting out of the cycle of keeping up with the Joneses or the gay Joneses, I think, is a is a big thing there. Mister Jones,
2: (laughs) Mister Mister
1: Jones. I mean, that was one of my most popular columns. I wrote a thing called "Are Your Gay Friends Making You Poor?" and I went to a dinner party, and someone was. I'm going to an iPhone and you know personally I could care less I want it to work and as long as it does it I probably turn it over when it's dead or when my contract is up and it's really time to do it I'm not I go pay seven dollars just because it's you know the, the new S version came out unless there's some real reason which at this point I don't see so <laughs> you gotta do it, you gotta do uh, you know,
2: it So do you find, um, have your clients any of your clients um, have they made decisive decisions in the past to put themselves on better financial footing, or have they always just been financially successful? They came from money, they they, they grew up in that culture, and they know how to you know just keep it growing.
1: You know, I think it does take work. Even when you're born in that, and your parents are successful, there's plenty of people who have parents who are amazingly successful at, at handling money, and the kids are idiots with money, <laughs> or vice versa. You know, someone could learn from their idiot parents, and you learn the lesson that. I don't want to be like mom and dad. <laughs> Nothing expensive. I love them but they're idiots with money. So you do, you do see and there are skills and I think most people are coming to me because they want to make important steps and I'm sure a lot of your readers and watchers here are people who want to make good steps and they want to learn more and even if your parents taught you well there's usually still things to learn and most people have some skills or they're good at okay I know how to shop at the market or I know how to balance my budget but then the next step of how to invest that money or how to plan for retirement because you know, not spending every penny you make is step one. But then, what to do with that money you're not spending, or right. how to save money on taxes, or invest well, or even just okay, I'm saving a ton of money, but really, how much is that compared to what I actually need? Because you mentioned you have some friends, or we all have friends that are some are doctors making a ton of money, and their friends are maybe not making that much money if they're at retail or somewhere in between. Right. And then, well, I have way more money saved than my friends. Well, your income's way higher, so you probably need to be saving. More money, or right. you know, an IRA you can put like $5,500 in, and if you're a doctor making a couple hundred thousand dollars, maxing your IRA is not going to get you to the retirement you want unless you started at 22. And I guarantee you, if you're a doctor, you didn't start at 22, <laughs> right. you went to medical school student for a loans. thousand years, and you got the student loans and other things. So, right. you know, it, people, no one has all the skills. And I'm a financial planner, I've been doing it for 13 years, but I'm still learning new things, and things change. So, yeah. it's not that you know it's a new thing, but the rules change, the laws change. My situation changed. You know, I was single. Now I'm married. You know, all those fun things that are just—you need to update things. Or, you know, I was together with someone, and then legally, legally, marriage was legal. So, you know, slight changes there. You could be married married before, and now we're legally married. So, some of those things change, and it's just tweaks and it's it's improvements rather than drastic changes. But these are skills that anyone can learn. I don't think um, there's some magic magic uh, gene that you know, someone's good with money or someone's bad with money. It right, may right. seem that way. Uh, yeah. Some people were going to have a much, much steeper climb or a bigger hole to, to uh, dig out of. I know you guys dug out of the credit card uh, problem, but I, and then it was a large number, and great, congrats, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure there's people with worse <laughs> or lower
2: incomes. What's really important um, you know, for those people who are figuring out, okay, I'm not living authentically, I'm not spending my money according to wanting to have a lot of money for retirement or paying off my debt. I think for us, and let me know if you disagree, the the key point was realizing what we most wanted in life. When we realized that we most wanted to travel while we were young and could and to retire well, we realized that all the expensive clothing, all the expensive clubbing, all the expensive dinners weren't in line with what our values were. Right. So I think maybe for those people who are seeking, what, want to know what the first step is that they should take, have that discussion with yourself or maybe with your partner to figure out what is it you really want most out of life and then start structuring your spending and your income accordingly. Right. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely would agree. I think that you know one of the things that we kind of wanted to focus on this, in this show was, was taking pride in ourselves right. in all aspects of our lives and... Um, if if your financial life is weighing you down so that you don't have pride in the other aspects of your life, um, pride, taking pride in yourself is not just being able to ride the float down the parade or you know, <laughs> hang out at the at the to be seen parties of the weekend. Yeah. Being pride taking pride or, or being proud of who we are is that we are in all aspects of our of our lives we can say that we're proud. You know, I'm, I'm proud of what I do for a career. I'm proud of the impact I have on the community. I'm proud of the family that I've created, whether that's with an individual and you have children or whether that's you're on your own and your friends are your family or you really have, have a strong connection. So it's, it's a lo- there's a lot of different aspects to being proud of who we are. And if your financial life det- is a detractor from those other things, Um, that may be a reason why sometimes people feel the need to overcompensate you know you're out of balance in one direction and then you swing the other direction so you know and I think that was kind of one of the things that we got we got sucked into was trying to display that we were very proud and happy uh, with our lives Um, but in order to really be able to take that kind of pride you have to ask those kind of why questions why am I doing this why do I why do I want X or Y and if I want that. What am I willing to do to get that? You know, what do I want to do to make sure that our focus was on retirement and, and travel? What am I going to do? Where it isn't necessarily about sacrifices. It's what yeses am I going to say so that it allows me to get to my goal? And I What's what that what
2: question you always ask us when we want to spend money? David often asks the question, "Well, do we want to buy, you know, my, you know, you yeah. know, do we want to buy a new TV today, yeah. or would we rather go on vacation?" you know in two months right. That's a great question would you rather
1: do that or like certain people that can never afford to go to Europe but they go to they go away for the weekend every weekend and they got these little tiny trips that they just feel like oh, I never get to travel I never do anything because yeah. they're spending money every weekend versus maybe taking a few weekends off or stay home and you still can go to the bars and hang out with your friends but you know it takes money if you want to do a two-week trip to Europe it's going to be a much bigger expense all at once than two days away in Boulder or the ski trip for the weekend or right. finding New York but right. you know there's maybe a bigger reward there too it's a two week vacation versus two nights away <laughs> in so, Europe <laughs> you, know, you know in Europe you know and to each their own that may not be where you want to go and some people you know whatever your dream trip is sometimes it takes a little work to plan ahead and to save up for, so that you can go do it. And I think personally, I'd have a much better time if I wasn't worried about my credit card maxing out halfway through the trip and not being able to eat. Right. Uh, I don't think I would enjoy the trip that way. Um, I've seen people there with the credit card roulette of like eight cents here, two dollars here, and it's not pretty. Um, and you know, waiters in foreign
0: languages don't really love that. They don't understand so, <laughs> what what you're kind of getting at there is is, is partly what we were talking about before with your clients is the small habits, you know, and John and I talked a, a lot about that um, in our book and in, in our blog we talk about just these small little habits, things that people can do to, to make their lives much better. And um, I think that, you know, we have a couple of tips or things that we like to use. One, one, one of John's other questions is, would you rather have the margarita at, the, at this bar or on the beach in Mexico? And yeah. so sometimes it is just saying, I'm going to have one less drink or I'm going to go out to eat one yeah. one uh, less time per month or per week or what, whatever it may be. Um, and we kind of, the two really good things that we used when we were getting out of debt, one of them was something called NSE. Uh, it stands for NSE stands for not so expensive. And we realized yeah. there's a lot of ways for us to have a really good time and be with our friends and be out and do things where we were able to save 20% or 30% or 40% versus doing the most expensive or the most to be seen the grandest thing. Yeah, the grandest thing. Every weekend is. We we always used to say, not everybody's birthday is a reason to go out. Yeah. <laughs> we
2: all get one every year, right? Exactly.
0: We do. And
1: we've had a lot more fun. We've inviting people over, and you know, your money goes a lot further on a bottle of Kettle One from the market and mixers than. Uh, and drinks out and you know <laughs> get the handle you know especially if it's on sale get six at once I'm a big fan of both buying for the extra 30 percent discount uh, you know we have a great time we actually get to chat whereas if I meet some of my friends out at the bar at 10 11 12 it's loud we're not really gonna have a serious conversation like hi but, you know <laughs> no, you, you've some. all been there it's fun, don't get me wrong and we might do a little bit of that but now that I'm married I don't like to be quite there till 2 a.m. like yeah. I used to right. uh, but you know I have people over and we have some drinks or we'll have dinner in and we order Order Chinese food and it's cheaper than you know one or two meals at again the not so expensive restaurant. You go out and if we're going to meet people generally, everything around West Hollywood here is pretty pricey if it's a sit-down restaurant. Chinese food ordering in is probably the price of one person. You know, someone brings a bottle. Now we've got more money to go buy the drinks or we have money saving up two or three weekends on that and we can go to we can go to cancun or puerto Vallarta and have some right. fun in mexico right. and exactly. you get just as drunk off the vodka at home
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> probably drunker yeah. depending on the right. bar yeah exactly <laughs> we, we, and one of the other things that we talk about is something called money chunking we did a monday money minute video on this um and i think this is really good for pride because a lot of times we, if we are slightly money conscious, we understand we have a certain amount of money. So we set aside a certain amount of money, but then you blow it all in the first night. All of a sudden it's gone. You know, And then what do you do the rest of the weekend? Well, you put all of that money on your credit card. I mean, we, we've done that so many times. And the idea with money chunking is that we just take our budget and we break it down into the pieces and that's really kind of one, one of the things we recommend for for big events or weekends or vacations is to take the amount that you have set aside, and in many cases we encourage individuals to take it out in cash, yeah. break it down into those pieces, and you head out with that that piece, you know, so that you okay, so you're going to spend seventy dollars tonight. Because it's Pride Weekend, you've saved up a little extra, you're going to spend $70 tonight versus spending, and you're going to break that down between three or four nights, $70 each night for three or four nights. I know that sounds like a lot of money, but a lot of people would spend that, that can go very
1: quickly. That yeah, can yes. go very quickly. and It is a lot of money, but you know, it's good to see that, and if you don't spend it, now you've got extra money for the next day, you know, so I think that's a great way to break it down and to kind of put things in perspective, and I'm sh- I know there's studies out there, I don't know the details, but people spend less money when they're spending actual cash. Yep, right. It's very easy, especially, let's just pretend we're drinking, I'm assuming, on, the, on these going out, we're talking here, so it's very easy to keep swiping that credit card and not really remember how much you've spent, and sometimes you get home and go, oh, I did buy four rounds of drinks. <laughs> and you only remember because the credit card bills or the credit card slips in your pocket so yeah. you know you will spend a lot less that way i think that's a great great tip well, to keep oftentimes people going when
2: you go to the bars you just give the bartender your your start tab you take yeah. your car, right and you just keep walking up and say i'll have another i'll have another i'll buy a round and all of a sudden right. so- Oh,
1: and tabs are even worse because one yeah. thing, if you're just swiping every time, it's right. still you won't remember. But the tab, you get to the end, you go, oh, <laughs> and the <laughs> next round, like, how many rounds? And thanks, am, guys.
2: I had yeah. ten drinks. <laughs> right.
1: And you also buy. I have a lot of clients who you know are generous, but they they end up buying a lot more drinks for a lot of other people. So you know, especially if you're really trying to cut back or budget's really tight, but you know, try and. Try and keep the money for yourself. Not be selfish, but uh, have pride in your own finances and your own drinking, and uh, get the drinks for yourselves, or you know, don't necessarily pick up the tab every time. Everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> so you,
2: you kind of touched on it. Um, you know, in some of the the first iteration of Queer Money, we had talked to some people about you know, um, I think. In, in bigger urban areas like LA and Denver and New York City we kind of think that the, the the gay fight is over the fight for equality is over but as we've learned from Mississippi and North Carolina and you know some other states you know the gays who are in the living in those communities the queer people who are living in those communities are still fighting I mean some of those communities you know black people are still fighting for equality um, so you know I think it's it's important for us to when we take pride in our finances, the reason why I think that's so important is that the, we have to remember that the fight isn't over, and if, for, the, for the causes and the issues that we're concerned about, um, you know, we could use our money for the greater good as opposed to going out and having a good time. We can make ourselves financially secure and start using our money right. to help finish the fight. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. We do
1: want to have pride where you spend your money, where like the businesses you support. We do want to spend money and avoid businesses that are friendly. Right. You, you all see, again, the fight isn't over. People are going to keep attacking us. Again, slavery ended, what, 150 plus years ago, and we still have racism. We still have problems. We still have discrimination. There is still discrimination in the workplace. You can be fired. You, you know, Probably the trans community is still fighting for the bathrooms, and we're fighting with them. There's so many things, and that's just they're going to keep attacking us, uh, the people that don't like us. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. And then there, there is things that we're catching up on, like HIV, and there's a million other uh, gay-type LGBT type issues that we need to support. It's great to have pride in your finances and support charities or support groups that are fighting for our rights. And again, there are places in the world where you can be killed for being gay. So, you know, it isn't just here domestically. Um, You know, it's easy to think, oh, we're in LA. There's gay bashings here in LA. There's gay bashings in New York. There's gay bashings around. And it will be some time and there will be things before this is over, and I don't—I'm not uh, Pollyanna enough to think that there'll never be homophobia, but I think you know it is decreasing quickly. And the younger generations, it's much less prevalent, but it's still there. Still so there. while we're not going to be, you know, the KKK walking down the street as much as it might have been 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, we can be out and about much more and more proud. But at the same time, it's still going to be an issue. And I think you know for quite some time, we're still going to have the people that are closeted at the workforce, or closeted at home, or kicked out of their homes, and and you know all that fun stuff. Lots of. Yeah, yeah homeless kids unfortunately so you know there is tons of stuff to work
2: with yeah so i think it speaks to the need for us to be um, financially secure as a community and not be so dismissive because we still need to fight for those important issues right
0: that's kind of one of the primary purposes with queer money is that we want to help grow a financially strong lgbt community and the reason for that is because it, like we were talking about with, with your debt, if your debt or, or, your, uh, or your spending is uh, a detractor in your life, then you're not able to give whether it's time or money to yeah. the things that can actually help the world get, become a better place. And so that's we're really what, what we want to focus on is helping individuals be able to be more and do more. And one of the ways to do that is by being financially secure. Doesn't mean to say to make a ton of money, we're not not saying everybody needs to be rich, but the ability to do more and be more with your time and money really comes down to um, focusing on just being secure, financially secure. Absolutely. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of being, like, secure and
1: financially independent and happy. It's not about being the billionaire, the multi-multi-millionaire. Right. Like, I'm not trying to get my own private plane. I don't want to, you know, have a, a rug on my head and be Donald Trump. But uh, <laughs> he's not as rich as he sounds, but we'll leave it at that. But at the same time, I do want to be secure, and I think I want to be able to do things and give back. And there's a there's certain amount of time I have. But I think the more money I make, probably the more time I have available, you know, uh, to, to give and to volunteer. And then also the more money I have, the more easily I can give substantial amounts of various charities, like all the gay and lesbian centers, or h and you know, I've done the AIDS life cycle seven times, Like, that's a big commitment, there's an expense and a week off, and that's you know, it's just a crazy time, and it's an amazing life-changing experience, so it's, it's an awesome thing, I recommend everyone do it, but it does take money and time, and I know some people can't do it, because they can't even afford it, or can't take the week off work, because they won't be able to pay their bills, right. or even get the week off work, let alone take the time so it's just nice to have a little bit more security so you you have the option to do more stuff right. you know and we do want to present successful I think it's much nicer when you're presenting successful and success out to the world and you actually are <laughs> you can back it up rather than okay I'm successful and oh, now I'm broke oh I'm successful and I'm up. oh crap I put $1500 donation on my credit card and I hope it doesn't go, I hope it goes through <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, so Pride is just more than looking good and, you know, having the washboard abs and having the great clothing, right? We need to remember it, in this week or this month of Pride that there's, you know, there's it's a, it's a wide gamut of it. You know, there's right, exactly. of things to consider. Right. How, you know, how are you giving back in, as a community? How are you living independently and how free are you allowing yourself to be? Um, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. So we're just asking people to start looking at things more than just the superficial um, to, to make themselves more, um, you know, proud both internally and externally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking at a beautiful
0: man or being a beautiful man mm-hmm. and or woman, you know, and and wanting to have that kind of success in your life too. But is it balanced with the other things that you really want, right? You know, or that are, are important to to you as a person? Yeah, yeah.
1: I kind of want to ultra
0: washboard abs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's that the back. only the <laughs> only thing we got going here. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we have to cut back on the wine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Priority
1: is I think the wine's going to win. It's it's winning in my life, but uh, I feel, yeah.
2: (laughs) It does definitely have a lot of control over us. You wanted to say something?
0: Well, I just wanted to, to, uh, just along the lines of pride, I wanted to um, mention a quote from Harvey Milk, and I'll I'll just read it here. It says, all men are created equal. No matter how hard they try, they can never, ever erase those words. From the concept that comes from the Constitution, uh, that is what America is about. And so, you know, our equality in that we've been fighting so much for, we've tried so hard to gain this equality, we don't want to sacrifice that because of our being distracted by other things, whether it's financial or or looking pretty or whatever it may be. Our yeah. equality, we we have fought really hard for this. Um, we don't want to just end up back in the middle like everyone else feeling crappy because of our debt situation, right. our financial situation. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would
1: say average is bad. The average American, gay, straight or otherwise is <laughs> <Right>. broke. <laughs> right. I, I think you guys probably saw the... the, the like over fifty percent of people couldn't come up with four hundred dollars for an emergency. Right. It's exactly. not a good sign. I, I you know, I don't know these people, but that's a huge number. And that's that's probably right around the same number that have zero safe for retirement. Uh, I wouldn't want to live off a of social security check. Uh, this year, I think it's about $1,300 a month. So I don't know your guys' rent, but I couldn't live on that. I wouldn't pay my property tax bill. Uh, <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't pay where you guys <laughs> are living. Uh, so you know, people do need to take these steps and have pride in their finances. I mean, straight people should have pride in their finances as well. It's not just a gay thing. But I know we're here. We're here taking it from that. We have some big advantages. Most of us or many of us are double income, no children, or even single income, no children, which uh, frees up a lot of money. But we do live in more expensive neighborhoods than, than others. I mean, I think you guys are in Denver. I think we've talked about how expensive it is there and West Hollywood here is cool. yeah. It's quite Yeah. It's quite expensive versus living out in Nebraska or Iowa or somewhere else. There are gay people there, don't get me wrong, but I think less of a large, large presence there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to, we, we shared a couple you know, three or four different tips for people. I think it's, it's sometimes it's daunting to think, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, a financial nightmare. And it's hard to kind of right the ship sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's, for that reason, some people may, may just continue to ignore it because it's easier to ignore it in their mind than it is to address it. Yeah. And you know, I think it's important to remember that, you know, Tim Ferriss was talking about this in one of his recent podcasts, you know, to just, do one thing different a week or one thing different a month. Um, try to implement things slowly. And the best way to eat an elephant, right, is one bite at a time. So, you know. Just don't think that you have to change everything drastically all the time. Don't think you have to write the ship immediately. Just you know, make small, decisive decisions, yeah. and over time you will improve things. Exactly. Slowly chip away at your debt. Slowly start to put towards retirement. You know, like you mentioned, you know, if you could start at 22 and put a hundred, you know, a couple dollars in every month or every paycheck, um, you'll be surprised at how quickly that grows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: You really won't miss it so many of those little steps you make just little changes one less drink uh per night on the weekend all of a sudden you get 50 more bucks a, a week and it's 200 bucks a month a few thousand bucks a year a few little other places like that just being smart um again you know i'm sure your your dollars go a lot further now than now that we're not uh paying all that credit card interest yes. so that's yes. you know that's another thing which is <laughs> uh yeah you know, It's just got to be a huge relief off your your shoulders and just looking forward. And it's just such a nice thing to be moving forward and moving into positive territory rather than just. Right. Yeah. Filling in the hole you've already already dug, and again, you don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect on all this yeah. stuff. You don't have to do it all at once. You don't want to be kind of the Oprah Winfrey diet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I lost 100 pounds, and then I put on 200 back, and I lost right. 100 pounds. <laughs> you're never you're never really doing it. You want to make small life changes that you can actually maintain, and, and things that are are small changes that are, are realistic, because again, some people probably. I'm gonna not spend any money. I'm never going out, and that's (laughs) that's probably never realistic. You know, that's all all or nothing isn't always gonna work for most people or many people. Or at some point they hold that ball underwater, and all of a sudden something it bursts. (laughs) you spend way more money because you know I didn't get an oil change. I saved thirty dollars, and your car blows up. Well,
2: right? You made the point about you know how much we were spending in interest. We were spending about ten thousand dollars a year financing our debt. And so when we paid off that debt, you know that was a ten thousand dollar. Pay increase essentially, yeah. and I mean, who wouldn't be skipping out of work if they got a $10,000 pay increase, right? And so, there's no
1: taxes on that savings, so it's more like exactly. 15 to 20, you know, realistically in your pocket.
2: Right. So that, that just changed our quality of life, even without getting you know pay increases from work. That just completely changed everything, and we had more cash and more time, and we could do more um, than we ever could when we were living on credit cards. Yeah. So.
0: And it always precipitated on us making some small changes yeah. that really added up. Right. Yeah, you know, We may, maybe did them a little bit more quickly than most people, but they really add, those small changes added up for us. Right? Sometimes you have to work into it. You might do a small step first
1: and go, oh, my God, that was easier. That felt great. Yeah. And you do the bigger step next time. And some of the steps at the beginning, it may seem so small, because especially with the, the amount of debt you had, you're like, oh, my God, I paid $500 towards it. It still just went down this much because there's so much interest. But it will take – I'm sure it got much faster as you paid it down. It paid less interest was being charged, and it got paid off faster. So, you know, little steps can make a big thing, and sometimes people also like, well, I only put in, you know, $500 in my 401k. It made me $5 last year. Big deal. Well, all of a sudden that becomes $100 or makes thousands of dollars and you know it does the big swoop up at the end the last year you work all of a sudden your million dollars is making you know 100,000 for you or 200,000 right. for you and it starts to be a much bigger number because you have more money it it may be the same percentage of earnings but when you have more money it makes you more money just power like
2: compounding the exactly.
1: power of compounding <laughs> is huge so get started sooner and that dollars you save now is worth a lot more than the money you save in 30 40
2: Years. <laughs> we have a long ways to retire for by a lot more quickly than you think. As yeah. The older we get, we're like, wow, geez, that time does fly by. It's not just a, um, a saying. Yeah, I exactly. think so. Well, thank you, David, for My um, pleasure. starting off with our new iteration of Queer Money, and we're going to have you back um, quite regularly. Looking uh, forward to it. So we look forward to, to more and deeper discussions. Um, and so um, that's, uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything, right?
0: Yeah. And David, if you wouldn't mind just uh, tell people, uh, our listeners oh, yeah. and watchers, yeah. where they can find you as well.
1: Great. I'm David Ray. I'm a certified financial planner here in LA with Trilogy Financial. If you want to check out more about me, check out my blog at financialplannerla.com. Or my website, David Ray. that's r-a-e dot com.
2: Check them out. You're frequently in the Huffington Post, too. Yeah, exactly. and, uh, and the
1: Advocate, and oh, yeah, hopefully
2: yeah. I'll be with you guys here, So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank so um, and we'll put your um, uh, all your information on uh, a slide on, on the video that we added out. Yeah, Perfect. So, thank you. Cool. Well, thank you. Right, Have you guys, good a good guys. Have a good Pride you. Month. you too. Take care. Bye. Okay. Everybody. okay. We just serviced you, now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at Queer.Money. Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it would help me if I had a personal chef who made all my, all my coffee meals for me. Right. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other end, I like the butts, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh,